My guest this evening is composer and lyricist Stephen Sondheim, who recently visited Cincinnati to be recognized by our Fine Arts Fund for his many creations of musical theater and their impact on our local theater scene. Welcome back to Cincinnati, Steve. Glad to be here. Thank you. Let's start quickly with the big news. Uh, Tony Award nominations came out for the 2007 Tonys, and one of your shows is in the queue again with three nods. This time it's Company, which has a special connection to Cincinnati since it originated here at the Cincinnati Playhouse with director John Doyle and a cast of actor-musicians who served as their own orchestra. You were here about a year ago for that production in uh, March of 2006 to see the previews. Did you, when you saw it then, suspect that it would have the ongoing life that it's had? Yes. As a matter of fact, I figured uh, it was so good that it would come to Broadway if it could be uh, sponsored properly. And uh, that, because it was such an excellent production, it seemed to me, it was uh, so professionally polished that it could stand on its own in the commercial theater. John Doyle, who directed it, won a Tony Award last year for Best Director with the production of Sweeney Todd, which he did in a similar fashion. But one of the things that struck me about seeing both of these productions is that, well, people say, well, you know, this is the shtick that John does with actors playing musical instruments. I found the bottom line of those two musicals so different. And in fact, once you sort of get beyond the act of the actors playing, you get new insights into the music from these productions. Do you do you agree with that? Well, I think you get new insights more into the books, which are traditionally underrated in musicals anyway, mm-hmm. at least the good ones. There aren't very many good ones, but both uh, Sweeney Todd by Hugh Wheeler and, uh, and Company by George Firth certainly deserve to be acknowledged as among the best books in uh, the history of musical theater. And though they got respect, Respectfully noticed, I think, when they first came out, they were not appreciated as fully as in John's production because the pared-down aspect of John's productions makes the books shine much more than when the production has a lot of scenery and large orchestra and a kind of lavishness. So that seems to me uh, one of the, the major features of of John's works. Also, I think the idea of the characters playing instruments works even better with company than with Sweeney Todd because it becomes a metaphor in and of itself for the situation of a hero, a central figure who is having trouble making emotional commitment. And uh, the metaphor is that everybody in the cast plays musical instruments except for Bobby, the central Mm -hmm. character, until the very climax of the evening when he sits at the piano and accompanies himself singing Being Alive. And um, it's never pushed in the audience's face, but I think it has a strong subliminal effect. And I think it worked especially well in part because of Raul Esparza's performance in this role, and he has also been nominated for a Tony Award for the leading actor in a musical. Yes, indeed. Someone to hold you too close Someone to hurt you too deep. You're also no stranger to the works of Stephen Sondheim. A couple of years ago, you were involved in the Kennedy Center celebration. I think that was 2002. 2002, the summer of 2002, we did six of his shows in repertory. I was in two of them. I played George in Sunny in the Park with George and Charlie in Merrily Roll Along. But I first met Mr. Sondheim during my first Broadway show was Rocky Horror, and uh, that was back in 2000. 
and I met him during auditions for Assassins, and I was cast in that production to play Zangara. And he also was very supportive of a show that I ended up doing right after Rocky Horror called Tick, Tick, Boom, which was about Jonathan Larson. Someone to sit in your chair To ruin your sleep That's true, but there's more than that. Is that all you think there is to it? You've got so many reasons for not being with someone, but Robert, you haven't got one good reason for being alone. Come on, you're onto something, Bobby. You're onto something. Someone to need you too much. Someone to know you too well. Someone to pull you up short, to put you through hell. You lead me to want to ask you a question about, you know, some creators of, of works seem loath to have them seen through new eyes, but you almost seem to relish the opposite, particularly with John on these recent ones, but uh, the production of Sunday in the Park with George that's been in London recently and is uh, going to be coming to New York uh, early in 2008, also sort of reconceives, at least physically, of the production and uh, does some other different things. Can you talk a little bit about about your feelings about seeing your works reinterpreted in those ways? Oh, certainly. That, for me, is the primary attraction of writing for the theater is that plays and musicals even can be reapproached in revival with entirely different tonalities, so to speak, of having to do with whatever generation is watching it. It's what keeps it alive. I mean, much as I love movies, every time you see the movie, it's the same movie. It's the same performances. It's the same ambience. It's everything is the same. It's in aspect, so to speak. And in the theater, it's constantly fluid because not only do you get new productions and new approaches, you get new actors, new casts. It is constantly alive. Anything in the theater that is revived is alive. So I welcome that. Obviously, if the piece is distorted, it's not so welcome. But you have to take that chance that, you know, some director or group of actors or whatever will somehow distort the work. But the chances are much better that they will merely reinterpret and look at it afresh and look at it afresh for their own generation. You know, Hamlet today is not performed the same way it was in the 16th century. That's true. Many people that I've heard comment on company talk about how surprisingly relevant it seems today, whereas I think before John's revival of it, many people had some sort of notion that it was a more dated show. Well, there's still, you know, uh, people who think that it's dated in that, for example, one of the key scenes is of a couple smoking pot for the first time. You know, the idea of a couple in their late 20s or early 30s smoking pot for the first time today is ludicrous. But since the whole idea of that scene is that pot is, in fact, a metaphor for something else. The datedness doesn't mean anything any more than the datedness of Shakespeare's language blunts the intention or the emotion or the scene or what he has to say or the character relationships. Aspects of every, in every art form, date in that sense. But if the art has anything basic of value, then the surface dating doesn't matter at all. It never has to me with company. And I think now that it's 35 years later, people realize that. When you first saw John's approach actually to Sweeney, were you, before seeing it, you must have heard how it was being handled. Yes, I, well, I'd, I'd seen a videotape uh-huh. of it. Were you dubious of it or were you enthusiastic? For oh, the no, I was enthusiastic because what happened with Sweeney, which is 
quite a different effect than company, is that the whole show got much tenser and much more suspenseful because everybody was on stage all the time, because it was pared down, because it had an atmosphere of simple menace and tension. And Hal's production, Hal Prince's production, the original one, was spectacular and had a kind of epic feeling to it, whereas this was intense and close up, much like Declan Donnellan's production at the National Theatre in Britain had, again, very pared down and therefore very tense. It's a different way of looking at it. You know, Hal's approach is operatic and Declan's and John's approach is much more intimately scaled and much more that of a play. I am in the dark beside very sweet in your yellow hair. I feel you, Joanna, and one day I'll Stephen Sondheim has been my special guest this evening for Around Cincinnati. Thanks for stopping by the WVXU studio, Steve. Ah, uh, thanks for having me, Rick. For Around Cincinnati, I'm Rick Pender. Mapping out the songs, but in addition, harmonizing each negotiation. Balancing the part that's all musician, with the part that's strictly presentation. Balancing the money with the mission, till you have the perfect orchestration. Even if you do have the suspicion that it's taking all your concentration. The art of making art is putting it together, bit by bit. By part, sheet by sheet, chart by chart, track by track, by reel by stack by stack, by stack by meal by meal by deal by deal by by shot by shot. That is the state of the art.